You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. I have, uh, and I'm, I'm glad Parker shared in the announcements what the focus is. For the students this year, I thought if he had gone much longer, I wouldn't have been any need for me to preach because he would have just covered it all. But uh, y'all have been hearing me say for years, 11 and a half years as a matter of fact, that one of the greatest discoveries of my life in, in ministry and in faith was that the Bible was not a book of doing, but it was a book of being. And when we focus on it being a book of doing, all it can create is division because we certainly can't agree on what it says we're supposed to do. The larger the focus, the more the intense, the conversations about what we're supposed to do, the greater the division. But God brought such clarity to that when he says to Moses, when Moses asked him before he was going to lead the people out of Egypt, who do I say that that sent me? And God's answer was profound then and equally profound now when he says, you tell them that I am sent you. You tell them that I am that I am. He didn't say, you tell them I go or I send. He said, I am a being verb. And we know once again that he calls us human beings and not human, de- not human doing. So we're not confused on this if we'll just stop for a second and understand that the great focus of our lives is two things. One, understanding, first of all, who he is, because with that clarity, when I see him as my father, when I know him as truth, when I see him in relationship to me the way he wants us to see, then I will also know who I am. It's about me knowing him so that I can fully know me. We're not confused by this. We're not troubled by it. It's become a part of how we teach and what we know. But I also want, and I hope this is true for you as well, for so many years, religion has brought us to concepts of God, brought us into a picture of God, but most of us, among all those pictures and among all the concepts and among all the theory, not many actually met him. Not many actually had encounters with him. So we knew him conceptually, but I will assure you that knowing God conceptually does not help a great deal every day on the ground where we live. So we find ourselves in this strange disconnect between needing something very practical and understanding something only conceptual. Well, my heart has been, ever since I have been your pastor, to change that from concept to reality from the concept of God to the relationship with God that actually allows us to functional, to function practically and powerfully in our understanding of God and ourselves the way he intended. To know that the Spirit of God is not just something we talk about, but he, the being of the Spirit, is God. He indwells us. He does things through us and, and has a great desire to do, to do more. So in, when God began to show me, and, and this is not a new concept, he just showed me in a new way. It came really more dynamically out of our 
conversations on Sunday night when our conversations have been about healing. I, I, I know, again, I can only speak for one, but I anticipate healing in all things. I anticipate restoration in all things. Why would I come knowing the God that I know under the understanding that we have and not expect God to still be God? Why would I not expect God to still restore lives, heal broken hearts, change us dynamically if he hasn't changed and he won't from yesterday to today and forever? He will not change. Why would his heart toward healing change? It hasn't. But he shows us at times particular things about this healing. So from our Sunday night study in healing, I found it very compelling as God brought us to this very necessary, very practical, very powerful understanding that great healing comes not from considering and processing the what of a situation, as Parker said. Because he's, yes, it's true, and we, when we look at individuals, but I'm talking now at the beginning of this specifically about healing and restoring and delivering. Great healing will not come from considering and processing the what of a situation, the what is going on in a relationship, the drama or the set of circumstances. The healing comes when we discover the who. Again, some of you have heard this, but I will not apologize. God brought us back to this because it is so significant and it works so well every day in our life. This is not something you have to be skilled at. This is not something you have to be able to quote a great deal of scripture. This is something you have to be able to ask God. Go with me, if you would, to John chapter eight and we will begin there. We know this story very well. As I have told you many times, it is one of my favorites because of all that happens in it. John chapter eight, beginning with verse one, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives and early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people came unto him and he sat down and he taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery and when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which heard it, being convicted of their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto, unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now there's a lot of speculation in the Bible as to who this woman was. I'm not going there. There's no proof as to who this woman was, even though there was some that will say this Mary Magdalene, but there's no direct connection between, between those two women. 
All we know is that she had this encounter. All we know is that, that, is that when Jesus got involved, things will change. I heard Stephen Furtick in a, in a message the other day uh, make this statement about Mary, that when Mary came to Jesus and told him that they were out of wine, she did not come to inform him. She came to involve him. I want to tell you, there's a powerful difference because most of our prayers are simply just stating before God what my problem is. We're kind of grumbling out loud. We're complaining out loud in most of our prayers because we want to make sure God knows we're busy informing him of the situations that we're facing. Mary didn't come to inform Jesus that they were out of wine. She came to involve him because she knew, maybe above all at this point, that you involve Jesus, something powerful is going to happen. Our prayers are involving him. So when she said, whatever he, because he said, what does this have to do with me? And she knew. She told him, whatever he says do, you do it. I will, I will tell you this morning, and I hope we know this already, if you involve Jesus, we need to live in anticipation because he's going to do something. The first thing I want us to notice is that the Pharisees and the scribes came announcing the what of the story. Let's listen to it. Here's what was said. Here's what was described. It was the scribes and the Pharisees brought this woman unto him a woman taken in adultery, they set her in the midst. They say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. They quoted to him the law. They quoted what the law allowed, and they asked his opinion about the whole matter. That was the what? That was a description of the scene. That was a description of all that happened. What happened? There it is. So suddenly they, we, we see very quickly that the Pharisees had absolutely no regard for the who. What did they care about this woman? They cared nothing about this woman. It would not have mattered who she was because they weren't interested in the who. They were only interested in the what. That is a firm grasp description on the what. There are those, the, the details that we often consider. And those details become the focal point for our attempted solution. This is where I want this to become relevant to you and relevant to me. Because if I were to ask you right now to think of a, of a circumstance or a situation that you were in, maybe one that had lasted for a long time, Maybe it brokenness in something, brokenness at work, something going on, or just a challenge that you're facing personally, most of us can describe well the what. This is what she said. This is what she did. This is the way he answered. This is where we were. This, and the what, we just spill it. And we search through that what trying to find an answer. But I will assure you this, if I were to get every detail of the what correct so that my description was complete, what I'm going to recognize immediately 
is that the solution I was looking for still did not come. Because if examining what would have dealt with it, many of our problems would have gone away long before now. But the reality is that if I were to be able to get in this capsule all the what, the details of the situation, circumstance, relationship, the drama that I'm going through, if I were to get them all right, right here there's going to be a question mark. Right here there's going to be a question mark. Right here there's going to be a question mark. Right here there's going to be a question mark because the what has no ability to bring us to a solution. But isn't it amazing how many times we pray, God, tell me, you want to finish it? What to do. God, tell me what to do. I just need to know what to do. This is my circumstance. This is my situation. This is what's going on. God, I'm confused. Just tell me what to do. And, I, and, and maybe it's different for you. I find that he's not real quick to answer the what. Because he knows if, if, if I have a problem and he gives me a what, what's going to happen the next time I have a problem? I'm going back to the same what. If, 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 I, if taking a tablespoon full of sugar would fix the, the problem I have, I guarantee the next problem I have, I'm going to the sugar bowl. I'm not going to him. I'm going to the answer that he once gave me. But I want us to continue in what we notice here. The result, no conclusion on what is best to do. There's only conjecture as to what our actions will actually accomplish. And this is the worst part. The longer you study the what, the more intense the emotions that you feel when it's unresolved. You believe me? You let a situation go unresolved very long and the emotions grow. They grow in intensity. They grow in anger. They grow in resentment. They grow in bitterness because the what that we're looking for, we can't find an answer, but we grow more confused by the what all the time. But notice, Jesus spent absolutely no time discussing the what of their accusations. Interesting. They come focused completely on the what, but he needed no further clarity. His what came from the who that he saw when he looked at her. But first of all, his, his response came to the who that he saw them to be. Now, others would have looked at those Pharisees based on what they did, and they would have put them in a position of honor. What happened when Jesus spoke to the who of the Pharisees? What did he see? Now notice the verb in each of these phrases. It's the, it is a being verb. They are hypocrites. They are accusers. They are liars. Now when Jesus saw the who, the what became very easy. The who made clear what his new what would be. From that he was, from that that was seen, he responded. But Jesus stooped down with his finger. Now this is what Jesus is doing because he saw the who. 
But Jesus stooped down and with his finger rolled on the ground as though he, he heard them not. So when they continued to ask him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and rolled on the ground. What happened when he, went, when, he, when he started considering the who? His answer, his response, based on the who that he saw was perfect because what did it do? It completely dismantled them. It completely took them out of their story. It completely stopped everything that they were doing. I find that amazing that simply because Jesus dealt with the who, he completely diffused their accusation. He took their power away. He took, he took the energy out of the situation. Now I, hope, I hope this is making sense and I hope you already have something in your mind, a situation that you're facing with, that you're facing right now and all the what that you can describe. But when was the last time, instead of processing the what, you asked God, God, just show me the who. Let me see the who and let, and let, that, let that change something. Let it direct me. Again, Notice that he did not even mention what they had done. He didn't come back and repeat anything to them. He didn't mention their accusations. He didn't mention their lies. He didn't mention their attempt to get at him. The, 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 the who gave him the perfect what? The same Jesus did when responding to the woman brought before him. He didn't ask her. He did ask her where her accusers had gone. And, and if they were still present, but he did not ask her about the what of her story. He didn't ask her what she had done. He didn't ask her uh, where she had spent her time. She didn't ask, uh, what, what, what's this doing to your family? What was this doing to your reputation? He didn't ask her a single what question. When we look at the parable of the, of the prodigal son and the son's coming home, how long did the father spend on the what? He didn't spend any time. He didn't say, where were you? Where'd the money go? How'd you waste it? He didn't ask a single what question. Why? Because the who had come home. His response was completely perfect because of the who. Listen to what Jesus did when he saw the who of this woman. And Jesus was left alone, the woman standing in the midst when Jesus had lifted himself and saw none but the woman. He said unto her, woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Why would he say that to her? Look at all she had done. Look at the what of her story. Why didn't he address it? Why didn't he say something? Why didn't he tell her, tell you stop this kind of nonsense? This what's gonna continue? because he saw her. What did he see? He saw she was brokenhearted. He saw she is accused. She is alone. He saw that she is beautiful. He saw that she is worthy to be forgiven. He saw that she is worthy to be loved. I shared this example on Sunday night when I was speaking on this before, for, for many years, 
my, my brother, my, he's older than me, but my brother and I have just, just haven't had a close relationship. And after my dad passed away, he left Denver City, retired, left Denver City, and moved down into East Texas near Winsboro, which I knew then that the little bit that I saw him would drastically change. But I drove to Winsboro, and I visited with him, and I told him, I said, when you're in Lubbock, just tell me. He's got a daughter that lives there. Just tell me, and I'll, I'll come have lunch with you. We can catch up. And so that was in 2010. No, I'm sorry, 2012. And over the course of all these years, this never happened. He never called. He had brain surgery last summer, and I didn't know. He was in intensive care for 12 days. I didn't know that story until I went to a family reunion, and, and somebody asked me about him. I didn't know. And when, when I was doing what I've encouraged you all to never do, I, I tell you often that if you judge, because judgment is processing the what? And the Holy Spirit brought to my attention that I was judging him. Because the emotions were becoming very, very strong. And I got to where I didn't care what was going on in my life. I was not about to tell him. Bitterness was really forming. Resentment was forming and it was growing because I could not resolve it. I couldn't find an answer. I couldn't even find what I was supposed to do. How am I supposed to handle this? What, God, what do I do? Left with question marks and more question marks. And I would talk to my sister and she would tell me situations that had gone on in hers. And so every time she told me something that had happened, the resentment got deeper. <clears throat> and last April, when the Holy Spirit brought to my attention that I was judging him and that there was going to be no healing until I stopped, I was leaving town one day and I'd gone out to the end of 301 and I'd turned left onto 385, headed into Leveland. This is heavy on my mind, heavy on my heart. And the Holy Spirit began to speak with all the clarity that the Holy Spirit can show us. And he showed me. The words came as clearly as he'd said them out loud. He is your silent champion. You realize there's no what in that. There's just a who. He showed me the who. And I knew instantly, without any doubt, very clear, very certain what had happened. My brother, being the oldest, saw things, heard things, knew things about my family that no one else knew. His distance his separation, his silence was to protect us from what only he knew.
once I saw the who, the what was very easy. I called my sister and I said, when can you go to Winsboro? Give me the dates. Give me the options. So I sent him a message and I said, would it be okay if we came? Absolutely. So on my birthday, on April the 28th, 2019, we're sitting at his table. The conversation had been good. We had, we had reminisced a lot. Donna and Robert were sitting there, my sister and brother-in-law, Jan and I, and Ted and Deb, Ted's wife. And the conversation turned to this point, and I, I looked at him and I said, Ted, I need to tell you something. I need to tell you what the Holy Spirit showed me. And there, the tears had already started. But I told him, I said, the Holy Spirit showed me that you, all of these years, have been our silent champion. That you kept the secrets. That you knew would hurt us. And you kept us safe. He's 71 years old. And when the tears stopped enough, he said, I wondered if anyone would ever know. Was not possible in considering the what. Because I could, I could bullet it out, man. I could tell you what he'd done. And the minute the what stopped, and I asked God, God, let me see what you see. Let me borrow your eyes for just a minute because I desperately need to know the who in this story. And he, and he told me the who that my brother has always been. The one I was angry at. The one I was bitter toward. The one I was, where there was a growing resentment. Had spent a lifetime protecting me. to only get my anger back in response. That's what the what will get you. God has already and always asking us to say, God, just show me who you are. And God, if you have time I, in all that process, I, I would love for you to show me who I am. That's what Parker's talking about. We have such a tendency to measure each other by the what. Instead of just saying, God, show me the who. Show me the who in this student. Show me the who in this, in this fellow teacher. Show me the who in the administrators and the staff and everyone. Show me the who. Because I'm not doing real well with the what. I have found something in God's heart. Though he's hesitant to tell me the what. I've never found him a single time unwilling to show me the who. If I will ask him, drop all, the, drop all the judgment and just ask him, God, show me the who. And I will, I, I know. Gotta, I've had several of these situations this past week. In Lubbock, someone asked me, a young lady asked me, this is going on in my life. This is how I'm being treated. I don't understand it. Why would he treat me? Why would my father treat me that way? 
And I, I told her, I said, I, I don't know, but I said, let's, let's change the conversation. Let's ask him to show us the who. And I, it doesn't always happen this way. But, with, but within, within a minute, God showed us the who. And showed us that all of the what that she was dealing with was coming from the who of her father. Isn't it strange? Because when she saw it, the whole story changed because this is what she saw. The Holy Spirit said it's because he is insecure. Now that's, that's a who. He is insecure. And I watched, the, it's, it's like these, the cogs started lining up, just falling into place because she's saying, oh, 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 because all of a sudden her what's were being answered because God revealed the who. I said, do you, need, do you know what to do now? Yes. Because the what became very clear when the who was evident. I had a young man dealing with his daughter and he began to describe the what of her story. And, I, and, and we talked through it and I asked him, how can we get from the what to the who? And we got there and all of a sudden we saw something about his daughter that he would not have ever guessed. But the Holy Spirit brought an identity to her and said, this is, this is what's going on. And once again, which we should expect, he said, I know exactly when it happened. I know what happened. Because the who brought the clarity. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know the situation. I don't know all the circumstances because many times the what has become so complex because they did this and they did this and that affected this and it affected this and the, and the branches of this tree and the roots of the tree become so complex we can't even capture the what anymore. And God's saying, just let the, let the what go for a minute and ask me who. And I'll show you the tree. And the what will make sense. You see, this shouldn't surprise us. We see over and over and over in the scripture how rarely Jesus asked somebody to retell their story. When they, when, when they, when they brought, bring them to him and, and, or whatever, or he goes to them, he doesn't say, okay, give me the symptoms. Tell me what's going on. Let me consider all the what's because when I figure out the what's, then I'm gonna know what to do. No, he never, not one time outside of him telling the woman at the well, go and get your husband. But even then, he was dealing with the who, not the what. I want this, the truth of God again, to move from the conceptual to the practical. I will assure you, by all faith that the Holy Spirit allows me to say this, you switch from a what to a who and stand back and be amazed at what God shows you. Sometimes he will show you the brokenness in someone's heart. Sometimes he will show you the goodness. Sometimes he tells you, he will tell me what hurts them by the who that they are. Sometimes he'll show me his glory.
in the who that he has made. Ask him who and let him let him heal. Let him restore. Let him de- deliver because he's been waiting for you to ask who he will show you. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.